Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Over the coming months, we as a church are going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed together, an ancient summary of the Christian faith that has traveled through thousands of years and functioned as an anchor of truth in a constantly shifting world. The Creed presents truth claims that can be explored, that provoke questions, that come directly from scripture and that are owned by a community. Thanks for joining us. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. A reading from Acts. Chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to have their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. All we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? Oh, it's good to be here. Um, Welcome. My name is Adrian. Uh, Real privilege to kind of get to sit here and share this next part of the creed with us as we explore it together. Um, A huge thank you to Susie uh, for reading the scripture over us. I think all of us were kind of sat there thinking, I'm glad it wasn't me reading that one today. Uh, You know, I think Susie was probably thinking, why did you choose me to read all of those names? Well, because I can't do it. And it was just great that Susie did. So I'm just deeply grateful for her. Um, We're looking at this amazing 
announcement of just the wonder of who God is, the God revealed through Scripture that is being announced, proclaimed through the ages by followers of Jesus of the Apostles' Creed. And um, I don't know about you, but it's just doing me good each week gathering and exploring and contemplating the wonder of the God that's being revealed by these statements that are spoken. And I, like the last few weeks, I, I just think, hasn't it been outstanding, like hearing Mike and then Rich and then Alice share? Uh, I, I don't know about you, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've just been left with this, wow, like what a gift they are to us, but also God, how amazing you are, Jesus, of all that you've done for us, that you came as one of us. You died, descended, and ascended. It's just wonderful. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm alone. I don't think I am. I think it's good, isn't it? They've done us so much good. And I just wanted to say thank you to them. Mike, Rich, Alice, thank you so much. And what we've discovered in the creed is it reveals the God of the Bible, the God who is triune, the God who is revealed as a loving community, three persons in one. Something that's a mind bender, like a mystery, a God that's revealed as Father. We explored that, didn't we? Second week of the series. A God who's revealed as the Son, Jesus, our rescuer. And today I want us to look at the third person of the Trinity, the person of the Holy Spirit. And it is an utter joy to spend some time contemplating, exploring the wonder of the person of the Holy Spirit who is present with us now, in us, with us, is longing to come and reveal more of the wonder of who Jesus is and more of the wonder of transformation of he's longing to do in our lives through being rooted in Jesus. So that's where we're heading this morning. Pretty good, hey? As we're going to explore together, not just that I believe, that we believe in the Holy Spirit. I promise you it will be good. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Like, have you ever had to introduce a friend to someone else? My guess is you have. My guess is there's been a moment where you are kind of speaking to someone via text, WhatsApp. Uh, I've realized that increasingly I show my age the fact that I text, um, whereas everyone over, under a certain age seems to WhatsApp or uh, Instagram message me, which is like the worst way to contact me. You've got to remember, I'm nearly 50. Um, there's... In it, though, the, maybe it's through a WhatsApp, an Insta message, a text. Maybe it's through a voice call. Man, I'm old, old school. I like phone calls. And you're there, and you're just introducing someone, saying, hey, this person you're going to meet, and this is what you should know about them. And if you do that, like, for me, I always, if I'm introducing someone, or if I'm, like, meeting someone in person, like, I love meeting people when we gather on a Sunday. I'm like, hey, man, you should meet so-and-so. Like, that person's amazing. And then I love to just describe some attributes I love about that individual. Like, for me, I know how I get described. I get described as the white-haired friendly guy. That's it. It kind of reveals who I am. You know, I can enter a room. And I was at a gig on Friday night, a friend who was launching their kind of new rap album. That's how cool I am. Um, it was an unusual evening as it was full of middle-aged men. Um, and in it, 
as they're kind of launching their rap album, they said, they saw me at the back. They said, I saw your hair. <laughs> it's a reality, a reality I live with. It's just there. I allow it to be seen. Jesus introduces his disciples, his friends, and everyone and anyone who will hear his words to the person of the Holy Spirit. In order that we'd understand who the Holy Spirit is, in order that we'd understand what the Holy Spirit is seeking to do, that the Holy Spirit is a person, not just some sort of power. And he says this in John 14, 16 to 17, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Jesus wants to introduce us to the person of the Holy Spirit. And he reveals that the Holy Spirit is one who's longing to reveal all truth to us, the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of the wonder of what Jesus has done to, for us, the way we're now caught up in a life that Jesus affords us and allowing the wonder of that to take root in us. One writer describes the Holy Spirit as like a, a floodlight that is continuously seeking to illuminate the wonder of who Jesus is. Like the person of the Holy Spirit is seeking to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But Jesus also says, well, the Holy Spirit, well, he's like an advocate. Like he uses a word that we find hard to grasp within our language, often is the case. In the original Greek, it was the word paraclete, and that word means advocate, helper, comforter. Advocate, helper, comfort, that Jesus is revealing that the Holy Spirit is not a force, but a person who's longing to empower us, to draw alongside us, to live within us, in order that we understand what it is to be rooted in the wonder of the life that Jesus has afforded us. The Holy Spirit is longing to cause that to take birth within us. You see, the Holy Spirit who Jesus introduces us to, this one who's seeking to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is, this one who's seeking to cause us to live in the wonder of all the life that Jesus affords us, is the one that's present throughout the story of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is present throughout the Bible. And I just want us to quickly look at some snapshots of just the Holy Spirit present throughout the whole of the Bible. You see, you discover the Holy Spirit present at creation. On the very first pages of the Bible, we discover the Holy Spirit present over the waters, actively involved in creation. There, as God creates humanity and breathes life into them, it's the Spirit breathing life into humanity to be God's image bearers. You discover the Spirit's present throughout the story after the fall of humanity's rebellion. We discover moments with specific people for specific purposes where the Holy Spirit is just present with them. We fast forward to Jesus coming, we find that the Holy Spirit is present 
in the mystery of Jesus taking on flesh in the incarnation. But as Jesus takes on flesh, is born in Mary's womb, in that mystery, we're told the Holy Spirit is present, bringing about the new creation through Jesus. We find the Holy Spirit present at Jesus' baptism. As the Father declares his love and delight over the Son, the Spirit is present, appearing like a dove that rests on Jesus. Then we find the Holy Spirit is present, as promised by Jesus, in the locked room of Pentecost. All that Susie read over us from Acts 2 often spoken of as the birthing of the church. That the Holy Spirit comes on a group of people gathered that are fearful followers of Jesus and transforms them into a community centered on Jesus who sets about transforming the world with the message of Jesus. And that story continues today. The Holy Spirit is coming amongst and upon and within groups of people, individuals who sent their life on Jesus in order that they would be transformed, to go on transforming the world around with the wonder and message of who Jesus is. Ben Myers, describing what goes on in that Acts 2 room, describes it like this. The Pentecost story shows the undoing of the fall through the creation of the Christian community. There is now a new human society in which all the old divisions are torn down. That is what happens when the Spirit is present. The Spirit fulfills the Creator's original plan by bringing forth a universal community whose boundaries are as wide as the world. The Spirit broods over the chaos of human nature, lovingly piecing the fragments back together so that together we form an image of the Creator. Like, we believe in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're announcing. The Spirit has come and has been poured out on all flesh, all people. And God's revealed that there are now no boundaries. He's about gathering people from all nations to be one new community, a new creation, to reveal the wonder of who the God is of Father, Son, and Spirit, a God of love. And so when we gather in a room like this and we realize that there is this mix of cultures and people groups, it becomes this microcosm of just the wonder of what Jesus has done. And the Spirit comes and inhabits us in order that we'd understand we're those that are being transformed by the wonder of what Jesus has done by the Spirit. Like when we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, it's stating we believe in the Holy Spirit at work in that day of Pentecost and from that point on. 
and that the Holy Spirit is at work and present with us now. Like the invitation here is as we proclaim we believe in the Holy Spirit is us saying we want to be those therefore that live lives that are saturated by the Holy Spirit that are living transformed by the Holy Spirit both individually and together as that's the invitation that the person of the Holy Spirit is longing to break into your life and my life to reveal more of the wonder of who Jesus is and the life he affords us in order that we'd understand that he's both working in us, with us, and through us. And I want to briefly end by looking at that. You see, the Holy Spirit is longing to be working in us. In Acts 2, 3, we read, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. The Holy Spirit met and inhabited every individual in that room. And the same is true here. Every single one of us who centers our lives on Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and inhabits within us. And the Holy Spirit inhabiting us transforms us. That's what he's longing to do. We haven't got time this morning to kind of look at this in the breadth of it, but I just want to give us some snapshots again of what the Holy Spirit is longing to do in your life and in my life. As you read it through the New Testament, that's what's going on. From Acts onwards, it's like, here's the wonder of what Jesus has done. Here's the wonder of what the Holy Spirit is longing to do in your life and my life. See, the fact that we are those that are declaring Jesus as Lord reveals the work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If you're sat there thinking, is the Holy Spirit in me? Well, if you're declaring Jesus as Lord, yep. It's the Spirit in you that enables you to do that. That the Spirit is revealing the wonder of Jesus John 16, 14, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. The invitation is to have a life where we're continuously seeing more of the wonder of who Jesus is. I don't know what you've signed up for. I've signed up for that. Daily, an invitation to explore and see the wonder of Jesus. And the Spirit is working within me to allow me to see more of Jesus. He's affirming our identity, Romans 8.15. So you've not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Who are you? Who am I? I'm a child of God. Redefine forever. Nothing to prove. Because God has proclaimed, now I'm his child forever. And as the Father has eternally loved the Son, that's how he loves you. That's how he loves me. And the Spirit is at work within us in order that we continuously know more of the wonder of that. In order that we can cry, Abba, Father. He's bringing freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Like the Spirit is at work in you, the Spirit is at work in me. 
bringing increasing freedom to my life, to your life. Freedom from shame of what I've done or what's been done to me. Freedom from the things that trip me up and cause me to be suffocated in my living and the wonder of what Jesus has done. The Spirit's wanting to bring that. He's wanting to cause us to know more of the freedom Jesus affords us. It's not like a mind over matter thing. No, it's the Spirit at work in us. He makes us temples. 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Old Testament reveals this story of a people that are able to camp out with God, where they gather firstly in a temple, then a physical camp out in a tent that becomes a temple, and then a physical dwelling, a built place that is a temple that only one individual could go into the holy of holy, where God's presence is, in order that this moment we could be pictured and said, oh, now you see the sacredness of that? That's what you are now. (laughs) Does that undo you? that now you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus puts it a different way in John 14. He says, like when you center on me, the Father and I come and make our home in you. I don't know about you, but that transforms how I live. Transforms what I want to put into my body. It transforms what I want to look at. It transforms what I want to do. As I realized, wow, there's a sacredness now in how I live. Do you see that? What you see, what you hear, what you speak, what you touch, what you taste? There's a sacredness because God himself, Father, Son, and Spirit is dwelling within us. And the Spirit is longing to lead us. Galatians 5.16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. We're invited to daily say, Holy Spirit, lead me. And for me, what that means is like literally I wake up and I say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Lead me into more of the life that Jesus affords me and lead me away from the things that suffocate that. And the Spirit longs to answer that prayer. That's only just the first part. Like the the Holy Spirit are working. I don't know about you, doesn't that excite you? Like what we're being called to is a person who wants to come and inhabit our very being and define us like this. I don't know if you're making notes. Maybe you aren't. You're like, I need to go back and get those scriptures. Do, that's why we record it on YouTube. You can go back, take a photo, write them down. And this coming week, think, Holy Spirit, that's the invitation of what you're wanting to do in my life. But it's also the Holy Spirit working with us. Like Acts 2.4, it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit not only transforms who we are as individuals, but who we are together. I don't know how you come whenever it's a gathering with believers. Whether that's in small group, maybe it's just in someone's home, around a meal, maybe it's like on a Sunday morning. Maybe you come thinking, man, it's just taking everything out of me just to get here, man, the clocks. I want us to change that. Like, let's change the expectancy to this. When we gather with others who are centering their lives on Jesus, 
What is true for us as individuals is true for us collectively together. Paul writes it in 1 Corinthians 3.16, that together we become the temple of God, where the Spirit is present. Like, doesn't that transform like a meal with some people? Doesn't it transform when we gather together on Sundays? When we gather, it isn't like, is the Holy Spirit going to turn up? Have you heard that language? Oh, I wonder if the Holy Spirit's going to be here. Mm-mm, wrong. No, the Holy Spirit is present amongst us. And therefore, the invitation is to come with that sense of anticipation, excitement. Holy Spirit, what are you going to do amongst us today? Like, doesn't that transform it? Well, I'm just sat around having a meal with some people last night, and it's like, Holy Spirit, what are you going to do in this? And I hear a story about what this couple have been doing with some neighbors and in their neighborhood. Like, wow, this is amazing. And then there's this moment of just breaking in and praying for us. Why? Holy Spirit is present. This morning, as we gather, like, the Holy Spirit is present. So I... Just as people are arriving, someone runs up and says, well, I didn't actually run because that was the reason why it came up to me and said, can you pray for my knee? So I'm there, yeah, of course, why? Because the Holy Spirit's present amongst us. Someone else, hey, can you pray for me because I need my back to be prayed for, my knee to be prayed for. It's like, hey, well, we haven't started yet, what? But that doesn't matter, does it? Because we're gathering and the Spirit is present amongst us. But not only does it change our expectancy as we come in, it also changes our expectancy of what God's going to do in us and with us. Because suddenly we realize that God's coming to distribute gifts. I'm starting to get excited. I can feel myself leaning forward. So what happens when I get excited. You see, when we gather together, the Holy Spirit is longing to distribute gifts amongst us, gifts that are already within us, gifts that suddenly come upon us in order that in 1 Corinthians 12 it says that we would encourage one another. Like, I don't turn up to say, what am I going to get today? No, I go turn up saying, what am I going to get to give today? And so we hear it through the microphone of different contributions. But that doesn't limit, let's not limit it to there, please. Like, it's in the moment of the conversation over coffee. It's in the moment where I'm reminded of someone and just start praying for them. It's in the moment where I think, actually, I'm going to send those people a text just to encourage them, or I'm going to send them a meal, or I'm going to seek to say, what can I do to support you more this coming week? Because the Holy Spirit is longing to work in you and work in me in order that we would be gifts of encouragement to one another. Holy Spirit in us, Holy Spirit with us. Is that not enough? And yet the Holy Spirit's like, mm-mm, i got more. The Holy Spirit through us. This is where it starts to get exciting. Acts 2.12, after the list of different places, kind of revealing the wonder of God kind of going to the ends of the earth of knowing at that moment, all of these perplexed people from different nations are saying, like, what? We can hear our own languages being spoken of. And they say this, they stood there and amazed and perplexed. Wow. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is longing to work through us just as he's working through that group, gathered in a locked room, burst out onto a street. 
in order we reveal the wonder of who Jesus is, in order that in the interactions we have with people, they would be amazed and perplexed and question, what does this mean? But how many, much time do we worry about? Am I getting Jesus in? Do I need to, how can I do this? How can I tell people, I don't know if I am an evangelist, can I do this? No, no, that's not the invitation. The invitation is, Holy Spirit, come and work through me. Corrie Ten Boone says this, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. That's the invitation. What does that mean? Well, I think it means this. To credit a friend of mine, Mike Blaber, we were talking about this this last week, is I think at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 20-something, 22 to 23, it says this. The fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the fruit that the Holy Spirit is longing to produce in your life and my life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The danger is we think, oh, that's for me to enjoy? No, no. Fruit to share. So Mike was saying to me, he's like, fruit to share. Like the others that we come into contact with suddenly say, hey, I'm tasting this. And it amazes me and perplexes me. Like, what does this mean? I can think of like a guy I know, and he sees me and he says, hey, I saw you the other day. I've told this story before. He said, I saw you the other day, and you were just smiling as you're walking on the street. Why? Why are you so full of joy? Jesus. That was it. Jesus. That's what I'm full of joy. Someone else, I'm talking to them. They're saying, hey, someone speaks to them and says, hey, I've seen how you are in your workplace. And what I've known of you is kindness. Why? How can you be kind in this environment? A couple I'm having dinner with last night, and they're saying, you know, our neighbors, we're just finding in this Cities, so often people just shut the doors and lock themselves away, and we've just sought to do what? Love our neighbors. And what does it cause people to do? Ask the question, why are you loving me? Why are you loving me? The Holy Spirit is longing to work through us in order that the fruit that he's producing in us would be tasted by others in order they'd say, what? does this mean? Invitation time. The person of the Holy Spirit is longing to work in us, with us, and through us. And the invitation is to daily practice saying, Holy Spirit, I welcome your work in me with me and through me. I, I dare you this week. I dare you. I double dare you. This coming week, as you wake, say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to work in, with, and through me. Let's see what God does by the end of this week. I think it's going to be fun. But in this moment, I really love us to pray 
and just welcome the Holy Spirit amongst us. If that's all right, and time is slightly against us, but um, that's okay. Um, I'm going to invite Becca up, who's just going to play, and then I wonder if I could just get us all to stand at this moment. Um, my daughter, Becca, if you can just help me. I'm going to stand over here, so we're going to switch cameras. Uh, Becca, just say, as stood in last minute to do cameras today, so just thank you, Becca. Um, can I just get us to stand where we are? I don't know how you've arrived today, but the invitation is um, the Holy Spirit is longing, yearning to well up from within us, to pour out upon us as we welcome him, to work in us, to work with us, to work through us. Just where you are, why don't you just put your hands out and say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I welcome you now. I just felt as I was praying yesterday morning, um, there's something of us welcoming the Holy Spirit in our uh, heart language, our mother tongue. I just recognize for different ones in this room, English isn't your native language. Uh, for some, it's a dialect from Nigeria. Others, it's a different African nation. For some, it's Cantonese. Some, it's Mandarin. Some, it's Malaysian. And I just felt like an invitation. We're all going to speak out. Many of us, it'll be in English. But others of us, it'll be in our heart language. And just say, welcome Holy Spirit in my life. And count to three so we know when to do it, so we don't feel like we've gone before everyone else. And we're just going to say it in our language. And then the Holy Spirit is going to come. One, two, three. Welcome, Holy Spirit, in my life. Yeah. I pray now, Holy Spirit. stillness come as our comforter our helper our advocate come reveal more of the wonder of the life Jesus affords us come come and bring more freedom pray for those of us who just need to know our past does not define us anymore. Come. Pray, Holy Spirit, come and bring more of the wonder of the identity we now share with you, Jesus. As children of God, come. don't worry about others at the moment some of us we can just say quickly think who do I go to pray with no no 
The Spirit is able to deal with others. The Spirit's just longing to work within you.